Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 185 of the Picos Riley podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, this week, 10 to 2 to 5. Well, kind of. It comes out next week, but we're talking about it this week because we got all the announcements um, about it. And also some other stuff like Ruby Sanctum's coming out this week in Wrath, which you're playing. Uh, some stuff <laughs> happening in Season of Discovery that we'll we'll briefly talk about. I'm so excited. Uh, and of course, our progression on Tindril, the, the end boss secret end boss, whatever you want to call it, of the tier. Firek is apparently easier from what I've been told. Not to underestimate it, but like Tindril nice. takes people longer. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, it's been a, we got a, a kind of a crazy show, but I guess we can jump into progression-wise. How is uh how is your progression going, Emerson? Uh we're it's feeling honestly for as as, as slow as the prog can be. It feels good because it feels like we're steadily improving. It's such a weird fight, right? It, mm-hmm. Normally, these kind of like 30-second instant group wipe kind of fights are just miserable, right? Yep. You th- or, or something that you think of like Fate Scribe, right? Where you are th- two minutes into the fight and somebody doesn't get to their line in time or they the stupid hitbox on those lines, right? They, they get yeah. clipped by the hitbox, they die and you can't recover, and the raid's just dead. Um, and that felt awful. That sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Something about this, um, like, Halondris kind of deal, where, like, I don't know. if It's it's kind of bullshit, but it also feels a lot fairer yeah. than something like that. Like, Halondris was the ultimate fair fight. Ever, that is the fairest fight that has ever existed. Uh but any mistake just kills you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like I've been yeah. playing a um, this this action platformer game this a lot this week called Sanabi, and I've been doing a playthrough on on the highest difficulty, which is literally <laughs> that. It's just like the fairest experience you will ever have. But any get hit get hit by anything, and you're dead. Yeah, yeah. And so that can be a lot of fun. It's definitely not something that I think every fight should be. That it, but it's definitely like. I started off kind of lukewarm on it, and it's definitely grown on me as we have pulled this boss. So we are at the point where we're like midway through phase two. Uh, where we've gotten through the second seeds one time, died immediately after to dispels. But you know, nice. one time we made it through the second seeds. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, we um we're right around the same point. I think we've seen that third dispel probably like two or three times. Um, and gets it up for the final seed. So no, and I would agree. I think I was very down on this fight, like the first night of sort of just learning positioning and, and sort of you wipe a lot early on. But um, it's one of those fights where you, because of how I'll say like not, yeah, because of how strict the sort of the way you deal with mechanics is and the timing of the mechanics is very much the same every time. Yeah. There's a, there's an essence of like learning the pattern. Right. And yeah. so like having some sort of like, you know, um, not a joy is like the wrong word, but you you like appreciate when your team learns the pattern and like yeah. now like P1 joke, you know, um, or like, you know, you can sort of joke around and talk through P1 and then get serious when you go into P2. Yeah, um, yeah you mentioned Holandris is, is sort of a, 
like a like a parallel fight that I think is very similar to Tyndall. I think I'd agree. Um, in our prog, the only differences is like Halandra's <laughs> intermissions were not chill. <laughs> like they were the opposite yeah. of chill, as, as specifically as like a healer, and like maybe they were chill for like DPS. That, that fight of, was nonstop. That is true. Yeah, like yeah, because like the the actual phase is like P two, which which is what we're both progressing right now. It's like a sort of like a an all out sprint. Just go, 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 go. Yeah, phase, the- phase one is very much the same. Like you're going, you're going, you're going. You're you're forty five seconds into the fight, but it feels like you've been there for two minutes. Kinda, oh yeah, yeah, kinda, exactly. Kind of craziness. Um, but you, like we were talking a little bit before the podcast, like the intermissions where you're you're dragon riding. Yeah, much more chill in comparison. The supernova. Again, a lot more chill. The boss just stands there and you beat the crap out of him. Um, yeah. yeah. And timing-wise, it's really easy. I think, you know, now, like, there's still, like, the fun from an intermission perspective, at least for me, is, like, essentially being the fastest one to the platform. Yeah. Right? So, like, getting my getting my feather early and, like, you know, hitting the right timings with, like, using the different, you know, speed bursts you have. So, yeah. Um, I, I've been trying to figure out where I need to stand to not get my feather yoinked because... I'm playing a death knight, and if my feather gets yoinked, <laughs> um, I'm gonna be late. So yeah, no. that I is have, a oh, sorry. <laughs> I've been uh, trying. One thing I've been trying recently is, or like the last few, few polls that we had on Friday was, uh, I had disadvantage, so I don't get pushed by the wind. So after the fire beams come out, I go back towards mm-hmm. where the fire beams are coming from because I can nice. just dodge them super easily, even with the winds. So that's awesome. That's that's what I'm trying now. But yeah, it's, a, it's uh it's certainly a fight. Um, it's uh and like we were talking before, like the healing cooldowns for this fight is something we're both we both kind of settled on the same strategy, which is to kind of do it as we go. Yeah. Um, kind of feel it out and move things around, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's working ish, I'll say for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I think the only thing we set up going in was just the P1 stuff. So we'd P1 pretty yeah. much locked down. We rotated or moved maybe, like, my revival got moved um, essentially to the start, the to yeah. an early part of P2 because um, we didn't need as much as P1. So, um, I, but, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's been it's been a sort of at kind of by the seat of your pants type thing there. Yeah, I uh, put all of the cooldowns in Phase 1, which mm-hmm. normally not an issue because – it is around two minutes like long yeah so that that naturally kind of works out except holy priest with their three and like four minute cooldowns yeah they're awkward dude they're so awkward. yeah they're they're super awkward um everything else is like mostly fine but mm-hmm. just the whole the holy priest stuff we we gotta probably at some point figure some things out there where like maybe we move one of the cooldowns out into phase two but then if you do that you only get like one use because the fight's seven minutes long right like maybe you can him but then i don't know it's it's kind of a mess yeah yeah that was our other problem too is like how much do we hold in in p1 um for p2 and then yeah making sure we have stuff for p3 so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we handle p3 once we start to get start getting there but yeah um it also see the other thing that the fight has, and maybe one more thing, and then we can sort of move on. At least from my side, is it has the the distinction of having like just a bad overlap part in every phase. Yeah, and so like there, it's to me that's that is slightly annoying, but I guess at the same time you kind of need that because like you know the P one 
bad overlap is essentially the second roots, right? Where you're moving yes. from fire beam and then you have to root and there's still the fire beams coming through. Um, and then in, in P2, it's the like soaks into roots, into dispel, like the that sort of second set of times the mechanics come through yeah. is like super, super frustrating. So I just look like high damage, high, just individual movement. So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I will say we've had a cut, we've had, We've had to ban in P2. Uh, well, roll from myself can't roll anymore, uh, and for hover from our from our evokers. Yeah, yeah. We, there's yeah. definitely been a. I think the first time we hit the second seeds of P2, I you rolled. rolled how I how rolled, many seeds? I rolled out just two, just, just two. two, just. But two. I I definitely rolled out to try and get a far seed, and I didn't realize there was another seed in between me and that seed, yeah. and, and hit both of them. So. Yeah, we're so like how we're trying to handle seeds and like maybe this lines up with how you guys are doing it is like most people are trying to um, soak from the outside in. So like we get mm -hmm. the ones that are farther away and, and then we get the inner ones. And we found a flaw in that approach, uh, namely that if there's one under the boss and you do outside in and then the melee come back in, it's very easy for them to trigger the one under the boss. Yeah. So a little bit of like, I don't know inverse donut whatever you want to like get the stuff okay. on the boss get the stuff that's far away and then like that leaves you the middle ones so they're easy to dodge and easier to to clean up maybe i don't know but uh yeah we had uh that's we're getting to the point that like our first seeds are pretty consistent and then our second seeds uh like like i said we made it through it once yeah um and a lot of our issue actually getting through the second seeds is just deaths right yeah um Apparently, it spawns fewer seeds at a rate of like for every two people dead, you get one fewer seed. But that's still like, yeah, fewer people to do seeds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We our biggest our issue. So we don't we're not doing outside in. We're doing quadrants. So like we have we basically yeah. split up half the boss because you have about 180 degrees that you yeah. have seeds will spawn. So there's like a set of people that are in each quadrant. Um, responsible for each quadrant and then we have two floaters plus the tank so basically yeah. four people float and then everybody else has a has a set quadrant to soak in um but our biggest other than some double soaks which we've we've figured out we also figured out too that sometimes as you run out if you run through a, a spawn you may actually trigger it yeah. but not notice it yeah you like have it, to stop yeah, yeah yeah so like if you keep running you might actually trigger that spawn get the debuff or whatever and then you're thinking you don't have it yet and you run into yeah. another one and, and um we i wasn't so the like packs of the floating grounds uh maybe the liquid one has this i didn't look at it for this mm -hmm. uh but like a soak don't soak kind of text yeah before. so i put one together for us that gives you an air horn when you've soaked like nice don't, yeah, the liquid the liquid soak. has a sound when you when you soak successfully and we also had one of our team members found another one i don't know who it's from but it's a dot in the middle so it's basically like a like a a uh, circle that goes around your character and it's green yeah. if you need to soak and it's red if you shouldn't soak so basically yeah. you can it's difficult to miss but yeah um but no so the only other thing that we found is that with dispels sometimes if we're late on dispels particularly not that long we're late by like the yeah they grow yeah. yeah this fires will grow over the seeds which we've wiped i think twice to that at least yeah we um, had a couple early wipes to that where like first dispels were a little bit messy as people got used to where they were supposed to position them mm -hmm. and messy means slow and slow means that the fire grows over the the seeds yeah. and then people like it's red seed in red fire and they just don't see it yeah, no, yeah, we because we 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 actually took the time because we've been taking um, 
extra break. So basically, like we raid for four hours. So typically, we took one break about two hours in. Um, but with this fight, we've been taking breaks every hour. So we basically take you know yeah. three now, about for about ten minutes each. Honestly, that's um, not a bad plan. Like no, uh, no, no, because it's for us. It's like the same fight, and we we have found that like. We, right around when we're about to break is when we basically have like maybe three wipes in a row that are p1 wipes so people just doing stupid stuff so there's like yeah. you can feel the loss of con- concentration there um but yeah no she was gonna say but we we so when we did wipe to that once the the whole fire going over a seed thing we went back and watched the replay because we have a couple people recording and it's like you can't tell even in like slow motion it's like you see the seed spawn and then when the fire goes over it i'm like i didn't like i couldn't yeah like (laughs) you can barely like they have like a gold glow at some parts of it so like technically it's possible to see but uh, like no no you have five seconds to do the seeds yeah um there's 16 of them to do they're not supposed to be in the fire and if one gets missed because it's in the fire it's a it's, spell thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like at that point the it's spells like you need to be spell faster. faster. Yeah. 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 It's how we basically said uh, it. So there's also like there's and there's some one of the things that makes this fight, I think, fun compared to something like Fate Scribe is the degree of control that you have. Mm-hmm. Um where like one of the things that we learned in um is basically like around boss positioning and specifically boss facing. So the feather spawn locations are determined by boss facing. The mushroom spawn locations also determined by Foss facing. So if you're tanking this fight, one of the things that you might run into is that the feather spawn locations can be kind of rough depending on where the mushrooms spawn. Mm -hmm. But if you face the boss specifically, like I went through this on Friday, like our seeds or our our feathers were spawning in bad spots. And it was like uh, three of the six were in fire and people were not happy about that because like they walk into fire and then they're laid on their feather and everything and everything kind of falls apart it's not great yeah um basically we had not even noticed that we made this change but as tanks we had changed to like kind of be tanking the boss facing uh like in parallel with where the dispels were happening gotcha interesting and that means that we get the mushrooms then we go and soak the mushroom, and that puts the mushroom, that puts the boss facing at this 45 degree angle that makes the feathers spawn three in the fire. Ah, uh, okay. And so the, the way to solve this is actually to like eight seconds prior to this happening. <laughs> yeah. You you face the boss at the 45 degree angle. That puts the uh mushrooms at a 90 degree angle. And then, and then, no matter okay. which mushroom you have to soak, mm-hmm. the boss facing is correct to put four of the feathers outside the feather outside the fire comfortably in a way that like lines up with our diagrams for assigning the feathers and everything. Um, so it's that's awesome. <laughs> it's just like, but it's also something like that degree of control is mm-hmm. nice. It's it's being able to figure things out and then go, okay, we're going to do this, and then actually being able to do it is is cool. Um, that's something that was not present in a lot of these other fights that people hate, you know, the Fate Scribes oh, yeah. and the and the Kel'Thuzads and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that level of, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have, you have a lot of, I'll say a lot of control, and, yeah, I mean, even, 
even with the like the difficult overlap pieces like there is there is a way to handle all of them with enough experience right like you never yeah. feel i think you said this earlier like you never feel cheated and like yeah. getting some randomly getting some mechanic and it being bad for you it's like as long as everybody's positioned well and and you know knows what you're doing then like you should be able to get through it so yeah i mean that difficult overlap in phase one i think kind of bullshit it's really hard yeah i mean it's really, hard. it's really hard. hard it's hard if you don't have the way if you don't have ways to dispel the roots i will say yeah like, yeah like the, you basically the, need i guess that. the the comp check on this side also bullshit as yeah. a group that only has one paladin yeah that's a that's rough it's bullshit yeah <laughs> um but i mean we, we work around it it's fine we're, yeah we're fine um yeah tendril's quite quite a fight nice quite nice a fight uh you want to move on we got a lot of stuff to hit before we oh yeah the 10.2.5 kind of overview um, um yeah sure and uh well my firefox just crashed or is in the uh-oh. process of crashing so maybe you take what's the first thing on the list since i can't see it right now <laughs> yeah so uh let's uh let's let's talk about the grinch grinch oh, who stole my Christmas. favorite thing yes okay i'm so excited. uh yes um so season the discovery reminder yeah. Max level 25 right now. People are Correct. doing a 10 player raid, Black Fathom Deeps. And um, one of the things that's gone on is there are a number of items that on use, they're consumables, and they summon just like a pet to do damage for you. Um, yeah. One of these is like a higher, like it's a level 40 item from Scarlet Monastery that people have been not huge fans of needing to farm to parse. Uh, one of them is from a rare drop that uh, you can try and camp it, but good good luck. Well, prior <laughs> prior to what I'm about to talk about, good luck. Uh, and then there's the mechanical Grinch that you get for Christmas or Winter Veil vale or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is a three-use item. This, so you can summon the Grinch three times, and that's it for the whole year. And uh, to, I mentioned level 25, very specific reason. The Grinch, level 58. Yes. A um, little bit, little bit powerful. Uh, so in, in a very direct way, if you care about parsing on Warcraft logs in Season of the Discovery, the Grinch stole Christmas because yes. everybody was using it uh, in BFD. And it basically meant that, like, as soon as people ran out of their greenches, you couldn't beat those parses anymore <laughs> because the greench was so powerful. Yes. Uh, so Warcraft Logs this week banned uh, Mechanical Greench, Spiked Collar, which is the Scarlet Monastery item, and Dog Whistle, which is the rare... Or I might have those backwards, but the rare item. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now it's... That involved banning a sig- like basically blacklisting a significant number of parses from uh, the, like Christmas week. So I thought, I thought you guys were not working. I thought they I thought Warcraft Logs wasn't going to do that, man. I thought oh I, you God. know I talked to my inside contacts. He told me 
you know, it's it's classic. Wow, we do whatever you want. And I was like, I agree. He's like, you you hold world buffs in a in a reagent that they put in specifically for you. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's um, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's yeah, it's funny. I think the best part about this, right, is it like we we talk a lot about classic and some of the stuff like how it's so widely different than retail because I think parses are important in retail, but like you also have in retail, I think like your progression. Like yeah. you, you getting through just the highest completing it is is hard. Even completing yeah. it on heroic for a lot of people is hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I, 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 what is it? Ahead of ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. The, is yeah. the, the heroic? What's up? Sorry, is heroic level thing that? Yeah, that's not a that's not a guarantee, right? Where it's like in classic, you are like, I am a testament to this. You can walk into any raid and you can clear it as long as you have maybe like half of the raid competent, right? Like if it's a twenty, if it's a ten player raid, as long as five people know what they're doing, you can carry the other five. Um, yeah. you know, twenty five. If you have at least like you know twelve people that know what they're doing, you can you can get through it. So it's definitely not difficult. Um. But yeah, it's it's funny how much. So so sorry. So the point here is like in classic parsing is essentially the end game, right? Yeah. It's it's a combination of like individual parsing and then it's a com- and then it's also like speed running. I think is minor, yeah. but still still kind of important because um, you guys like Warcraft logs tell us like the trash requirements, right? From from a clear perspective that's in there. Yeah, so. and like we originally weren't going to do like trash requirements and stuff. Like we were going to do a lot of stuff for Black Fathom Deeps um, because it's a level twenty five raid. But it, yeah, I mean. It turns out that when people like no shade, but when people know life a raid, um, they care about rankings and they want to have rankings that don't incentivize doing dumb stuff like <laughs> using out of bounds exploits to skip the waterfall after the first boss without yeah. killing the first boss, by the way, and clear all of the trash in the raid, then go back out. And kill all the bosses in one like eleven minute run. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. No, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's I mean, it's an interesting. It's a, it's just a different. I'll say like community feel. Um, yeah, in classic than retail, but now this is to be fair. It's a good change. I mean, like the, it basically means like for the rest of P one, anybody who parsed this week with these tool with these toys, basically, yeah, will if you got to rank one with it, your rank one was safe. Um, because people couldn't catch up or it's some really degenerate stuff of like holding on to charges of it until right at the end of p1 or phase, to try sorry, phase one get it yeah. to try once you have all the gear so yeah no it's a i'd say it's a good change at the end of the day um but yeah it's, parsing uh, in classic is just so funny dude they take way too is, way too seriously way too seriously yeah and I, there's a lot of truth to what you said about it being like because it's easier parsing is the end game but because it's easier it's also a lot more accessible a lot more people oh, participate yeah. in it um so there's a lot more of well there's that and it also enables you to do a lot more dumb stuff like you can let individual people this was a big problem in old war but you can let individual people just have all of the aoe trivial yeah it's it's completely trivial to let somebody do all of the aoe damage on a fight to kill all the ads and that's one of the reasons that classic in comparison to retail has always been uh much more boss damage focused we'll say um whereas in retail like like we were talking about tendril being able to kill those treants before you die oh yeah is a big deal you do not (laughs) let one person do that our tendril our tendril thing is like you take every aoe talent you can like the more aoe damage you can do on tendril the better because killing roots fast killing treants fast like that's a part of the fight so it's not padding at that point it's really like how yeah. you do the fight <laughs> yeah 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, classic classic gaming. It's it's fun. It's uh, so yeah, you can't you can no longer use these sort of overpowered toys. I'm assuming you'll we'll have to find at level forty the next set of uh, overpowered toys. That oh oh, available. I mean, people are already talking about it. So did you know that gnomes have a racial that gives them fifteen increased engineering skill? Yep. Which means um, they get, uh, which means that they get the mechanical chicken or the battle chicken, whatever it is. Next phase, nobody else gets it, just gnomes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For those that have not been keeping up with classic WoW, battle squawk and the 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 gnomish battle chicken is one of the most discussed items. Just period. <laughs> just period. Um, because of. It's I'm I'm not gonna, honestly I'm not gonna. Get into it. it was a huge deal in TBC. It got like blacklisted. It doesn't work in Wrath, even though I think it used to in original Wrath. But people didn't do this shit in original yeah, Wrath, exactly. basically. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. a broken item. Definitely a broken item. Um, but yeah, it's oh I always love this stuff about about classic about the the min maxing people go oh to now gosh. with all the info sharing and stuff like that. So speaking of classic. Uh, Ruby Sanctum releases this Thursday. It does. Um, that's I'm excited. It. It's the whole whole story. Ruby Sanctum releases this Thursday. Um, one boss raid. If you don't remember it, it's for a reason. It's so you know what I distinctly remember this fight for the one reason that I I tanked at the end of at the end of Wrath. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I remember this fight specifically because I have a video. I, I I wonder if I have on my phone of me actually raiding this, but it's a video of me playing. And so if you don't know about the fight, there are there are two area, there's two basically zones. There's you an upstairs like a, and a downstairs. A physical realm and a, and a twilight realm. Yeah, twilight realm, realm, yeah. And whatever. so like at a certain point in the fight, almost the entire raid goes in the twilight realm. And you leave like one or two people up top, typically a tank and like maybe a healer up top um, to quickly clear the twilight realm and come back up. But during that phase up top, nothing happens. The only reason you want to tank up there is that if so you don't would, have one, the boss resets. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's either resets or or like threat reset. So there's a chance when everybody comes up, people randomly oh, die. Like, yeah. yeah. I forget yeah. the way. It, but in any event, I was the tank upstairs. So like literally, like there's a video of me playing like I don't know, Candy Crush or something on my phone, like on my iPad in front of my thing, not paying attention to the game at all, like in front of my desk. Cause it's just like I have 45 seconds to a minute of not caring about what happens. <laughs> So that's my experience with Hallion. Um, oh my god, Ruby Sanctum. But yeah, no, it'll yeah. be it'll be fun. Um, there's really, I mean, like anything, I think the only reason you go in there is there's really good trinkets. I think all four trinkets are because uh, they drop a healer trinket, you know, healer trinket, physical DPS trinket, tank trinket, and then caster DPS trinket. And I think all yeah. four of those, sorry, each trinket is best in slot for your specific is, class. Is anybody going to use the tank trinket? Uh, well, no, I guess that's that's right. Yeah, probably not. Um, so sorry i'm, but I'm the, reading the, this now yeah this tank trick it's not getting used guaranteed like all right people will use it uh th those people will get are going to get like green parses everybody else um all the other tanks are going to be using the melee dps one yeah yeah armor pen and, and attack damage proc so it'll be yeah. uh pretty good pretty good yep um, but yeah that'll be fun i don't know i'll let you know next week if we actually go in there and try and kill it but yeah ruby sanctum is uh is there um coming in that's the final final raid of wrath so we already know cataclysm coming this summer um so we got a couple months of farm and then then we get some new new classic content so um so cool so moving on we do have a couple of retail things that happened 
Um, so um, one thing in Mythic Plus uh, is there was a hotfix to Waycrest Manor. One of the bosses there, the Soulbound Goliath, which is the big sort of tree. The tree boss. Scare, yes, tree boss in the courtyard. Um, they re- reduced the health on the Soul Thorns um, by about 35%. Um, so if you weren't familiar with soul thorns, that is the, um, the mechanic on that fight that sort of pins you, pins a player, it gets cast on one player, uh, and they basically get spiked into the ground. You have to kill the spike to free them. Yeah. Um, and there was, I guess there was an issue with the scaling of this where <laughs> I it, think it, it really was like a check even like, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. Um, yeah. it, this is another thing like. Soul Thorns were an issue actually on this fight in BFA. And I like I didn't really do a lot of hierarchies in BFA. I've I've done more hierarchies now, but mm-hmm. even then I remember this being an issue. And just like never they didn't do anything to solve problems in keys in BFA, it feels like. Yeah. Like, what was the King's Rest? King's Rest was a nightmare for the whole expansion. Yeah, yeah, like those trash packs, what, before the third boss were yeah. always, yeah, the charging mobs were always bad, like, and then I remember just, yeah, having to, we basically would try and skip as much of that trash as you could. Yeah. Um, the other problem with King's Rest was that uh, it was a, literally there was no variation in your route. <laughs> yeah. It was, you, well, it was, do you have, you either have a rogue and you get to do 100% trash or you oh. don't have a rogue and you get to do 150% trash. <laughs> that is true. God, even yeah. the mob, the mob before the final boss of King's Rest was like yeah. a raid boss. The, like the what was it? Uh, I forget the name of it. Zul, the like aspect of Zul or whatever it was. Yeah, Shadow yeah. of Zul. Yeah, oh, that thing. God. That thing was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, th- this was also all right. Last note, then we move on. That thing. This was right after they took all magic mitigation away from tanks, and that thing just spammed Shadow Bolt at the tank. That's Dude. all it did. Well, couple with that. I mean, okay, it did other things too, but it, it mostly did that. Well, the, and the problem was is, yeah, tanks got trucked terrible, but then also it did that AOE thing where it did more yeah. damage the closer you were to it. So like I have, I, ha- I, I distinctly remember multiple times doing that dungeon and having to move from that one ability. And as I'm rolling as a monk, the tank dies before I can hit another heal on them because they take two shadow bolts and just are dead, yeah. right? Like it's just, yeah, whatever. Screw that place. Yeah, I hope they it, never bring it back. <laughs> Yeah. The, I, I wouldn't Depot. mind seeing them bring it back honestly with how much changes they've made to other dungeons but they they would need to do like jade fire monastery level changes to that dungeon like it is a modern dungeon that would need to be completely reworked almost yeah. everything about it like the boss fights are fine yeah. the trash completely reworked yeah no i agree yeah there's some diff- yeah some weird stuff in there even the even the trash before the second boss like the the uh oozes just like were, everything just in annoying. that bo- everything yeah, in that dungeon was just everything. fucked up yeah even the trash in the first boss room fucked up yeah no fair enough um but cool yeah so hotfix is sorry for waycrest manor for soul goliath um so hopefully spikes become less of an issue uh, or not less of an issue but less of sort of a, a massive damage check for, for teams as they go up in key level um, so next up in terms of hotfixes, uh, Firak got some hotfixes, but not Mythic Firak. Uh, basically, every difficulty other than Firak, essentially all the flexible rate sizes, yeah. got some changes. Um, so, I mean, just 
I think the biggest one, we'll go through all of them. Biggest one is um, a flame and now targets fewer players. Um, so just from a scaling perspective, essentially one less player will get the flame debuff, um, which I think is honestly, to be fair, the worst mechanic they've ever put in the game. Um, so I, I will, we can talk about that once we start progressing yeah. it, but a flame, yeah. anytime you are dispelling on I mean, cooldown is a bad design it, mechanic. It's also like the way we are doing this fight in like our, our alt raids is, mm-hmm. um, we would just get there and be like, okay, who wants to play healer on this? And just like somebody would go healer and they just would dispel. That's all they would do. Like the, at yeah. this point, the other people that were like playing healers and like planning to be a healer on that character could keep up with the actual HPS check. It's just that you needed that extra dispel to keep oh, yeah. people from like, it just greatly reduced the actual amount of healing done. So even if that person contributed zero HPS, like if they were playing, you know, holy paladin is if they were a ret paladin with a magic dispel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It'd be, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we still five heal that fight because of the dispel issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. whatever. It's stupid. I hate that fight. Um, um, so a flame, or I hate that mechanic, not the fight, just mechanic. Uh, so flame hits fewer targets. I think um, scaling wise, it's one less over the way it works. So instead of having two every 10 players it's one every 10 players or, so, or something like that so essentially is one less um depending on your rate size um they also reduced um the screaming soul health um for smaller group sizes so screaming souls do less health um blaze damage does less damage um and then the spirit of Kaldori health was also reduced so the healing adds um to heal them up less yeah. Um, and then the corrupt absorb. What is the corrupt absorb value? There's random the, healing absorbers that go out. Oh, those are the random healing absorbs. Got yeah. it. Okay, that was also reduced for smaller group sizes. So in general, it seemed like they just sort of made fire rack easier across the board for the flexible raid sizes. Yeah, so. and I think this was actually like pretty noticeable when we like fire rack in some ways got harder in the alt raid when we went from having like 25 people there earlier mm-hmm. on with less gear to later on you know fewer people show up we have like 15 people instead of 25 and it's it's harder um the screaming souls i always just assumed it was because we got lazier with screaming souls but honestly like maybe it was a health scaling issue all this time oh yeah oh yeah it might have been it might have been so um but yeah no it's uh so nerfs to fire if you guys are working on it now um probably makes that fight a lot easier um you get through it and i know it probably means like we'll, we might only take four healers then because we still revive well we typically revival like the going into the first intermission this week though i still had my tendril spec on so i only had restoral so that made it nice intermission a little spicy when trying to catch up on the spell so nice um, um well, cool. one Sorry. other like kind of firek related thing uh the f- legendary from firek uh Fearalath, the dream render got buffed again and i'm actually a little bit hesitant to call this a buff um so to to kind of explain all right i'll 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 get to what i think about this at the end basically kind of explain the situation so fear left uh when you damage things puts puts a mark on things and then you can use the active ability of the legendary to consume the marks and do a bunch of damage the damage that you do scales off the number of marks consumed. Mm-hmm. Problem is, it would only scale up to five marks, but it would consume as many as there were. So if you're in Tindril 
and there's 16 routes out mm-hmm. and you have 16 or 17 marks out as a result and you hit the Rage of Furleth button, um, it consumes all 16, but it only gives you the benefit of five. Obviously, that kind of sucks. Um, so what they did is they just made it so it can scale up beyond mm-hmm. five. So it'll scale up to like 99 now or something ridiculous, which the kind of number that you're only going to actually be able to get if you go back and do something like Torghast. Yeah. Um, so technically it is a buff. Uh, practically, it's kind of one of those things where I almost would just call it quality of life. Like it makes it so you're not shooting yourself in the foot on accident by using the the cool active button of your item. Yeah. Like it's a buff in extremely narrow circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, I guess, more of a just straight buff in Mythic Plus, where you will pretty frequently have six or seven targets in a pull. Um, like that's very common, six, seven, eight, and in those cases, you would kind of be wasting some of those marks by hitting the button. Uh, and that would be pretty common. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's technically a buff. It's practically like very little change to the item. Um, all right. Now I have some thoughts on Mandel's been beating the, like this weapons underpowered, but, uh, drum and like, there are, there were definitely like usability issues like this quality of life issues like this. Um, and I don't know. It's like it, basically the position that Mandel has been taking out Wowhead in these posts about Fearleth and how it needs to be improved is the position that it should just be the de facto best thing. It should always be the best thing. It should always be correct to just push the button. Does not matter if you're like in cooldowns or whatever. It should just yeah. always be correct to use this thing. Right. And I am like. I don't agree. <laughs> I, okay. I just don't. I just don't agree. I. It should be correct, basically, always to use this this item if you have the item. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't always be correct to push the cooldown part of it during your other cooldowns, especially as they've done things like it's not correct, for example, to push Beacon to the Beyond or another trinket like that that has you stop and cast in the middle of other cooldowns. And this is the yeah. same principle. You're going to sit there and you're going to channel this thing. It's like. Uh, Beacon to the Beyond or Manic Grief Torch or any of these things that make you stop and do something are just not correct to push during your cooldowns because they don't scale with your cooldowns in most cases. Um, do you think it though? So, I mean, based on that though, do you think it's right that as a melee class, you have to stop and cast something? I think it's acceptable. Like, it's far from the first time we've had an item that does this, right? You remember Draft of Souls in Legion? Uh, which yeah. was the same thing, but also uninterruptible. Uh, there's obviously Fist of Fury. Uh, we have I-Beam. Um, there's a number of examples like this, well, like Convoke enough. for Feral Druids. Um, do they still have Convoke? That's a good question. I'm going to go with yes, know. but I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but like, you, you have a bunch of these like abilities that melee have that you either cast or you channel, and I think that's fine. And the fact that Fearlath is channel and you sometimes don't want to use it during cooldowns is totally okay. Like he brings up this point that it's like um it's worse to push it during cooldowns than to not push it. And it's like that's fine. 
Now he brings up some D- Death Knight specific things where Death Knight is just a D- Death Knight is just a broken class in multiple different ways. <laughs> like Blood Decay is overpowered. I've been talking with a friend about this. Blood Decay is actually just overpowered, and people like yeah. it's very skill intensive to really bring out the level of power that you can get. But but it is just blatantly overpowered. I'm I'm finally happy to just say that. Um, but then there's things like uh, Frost Decay. If you're playing Breath Build, you want to one handed weapons because um, mm-hmm. the specs just broken. Like not broken in like overpowered, just broken in like a fundamentally janky kind of windwalker broken kind of way. Right. Actually right, not right. windwalker. It's not bugs, but it's like it's it's janky. Yeah. Um and so that resulting in Fearlath not being good for Frosty K is just like a that's a Frosty K problem. Frosty K is the problem. The legendary is fine. <laughs> that's fair. Um, same thing like he brings up like unholy decay in aoe you want to you hit a point where you just want to push epidemic like at pretty low target counts and you never Mm -hmm. want to sit there and channel this and it's like great that's an unholy decay problem yeah i guess i guess the only thing that i would say is so i'm not i have known nothing about this weapon other than like what i've read like how it works and our blood decay actually got the item this week um so he's making it now it sucks yeah, we have we actually have zero in our raid group. That's not good. We we've gotten so. Well, sorry. Let me just make my point. Then we'll talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah. loot lock that we are bad at. But no, I think my my only thing with something like this, like a legendary, is I I'm fine if there are certain situations where you shouldn't press the button, right, or use the item, right. But I think what I would want to make sure is like as soon as that moment is over, your next best thing to do is hit the button, right. Like if there's a specific situation where it's like if there are ads up. I should not hit my button, but as soon as ads are gone and it's just the boss, I should hit the button. Like if that's the correct play, I think I'm okay with it. Where like you talk about like an underpowered legendary or something like that. Like if number one, if it's, if you're not equipping it at all, that's an issue. But then the second piece is like, if it has something you have to use, if you're just not using that component, that part of it, that's another issue. So yeah, yeah, I I think, I I think I'm on the same page with you. It's like, yeah, there's probably situations where there's other things out there that are better to hit because there's always a, there will always yeah. be a better button. And just because it's legendary doesn't mean it always has to be the best button for every situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the inverse of that is like, you just want to make sure the button's still worthwhile to push at some yeah. point. Now, there is one thing, one more quality of life thing with Fire La- Fearlath that Mandel mm-hmm. brings up that I 100% agree should get fixed. And that is that the channel is not hasted. That's awful. So they that's a that's a that's a misweaver manatee. The original manatee, the new manatee that they put in was not hasted for the for the first iteration. That's it felt awful yeah. to hit. Yeah. yeah, unhasted unhasted things yeah. are just annoying. And and so that channels. that like that does weird things where like haste like instead of it being like if you have zero haste, it's two GCDs that you're spending on this thing. Mm-hmm. But if you have thirty percent haste on your gear, then you're actually spending like. Uh, two and a half or three GCDs on this thing, and uh, that makes it relatively worse than if you're a class that doesn't play with a lot of haste. Yeah. Well, also I'm assuming then like it doesn't get. Well, I'm not assuming. I read the article. Um, like anything during heroism, it probably ends up being worse yeah. to hit it also because yeah. you're losing more, even more GCDs there yeah. with that haste. So. So yeah, that's uh, annoying. That's just, I should probably that, fix that one. Good. Like, and again, like it technically is a power level thing. Like making it hasted makes it better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board with that. It's a quality of life thing. Yeah. Unhasted channels in general. If you're particularly again, if you're a class that plays with any any amount of haste, having an unhasted ability in there yeah. is annoying. Like yeah. I'm fine with I'm fine with unhasted cooldowns on things. So like like we like 
for Misuver, at least like Rising Sun Kick, the cooldown on that ability is uh, impacted by haste. The more haste you have, the lower the cooldown. Yeah. Different than, say, Renewing Mist, which its cooldown is static at eight seconds, right? Yeah. So I'm fine with cooldowns being one or the other. But yeah, any sort of channel or cast like should be affected by haste. It's just yeah. feels better. So yes, cool. Yes. Yeah, we'll probably see more changes. I think this is the most changes any legendary has actually gotten. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> granted, it's also one of the most complicated legendaries we've gotten in a while. That's right? True. We got um, the Evoker one, which was just a, a stat proc for people mm-hmm. in your group. And then what? was the legendary we uh, we had the whole legendary system in yeah shadowlands which doesn't count. i don't consider i don't consider those legendaries so we can just skip over them just, yeah they're just which means we have items. to go back to like warlords of draenor to get proper legendaries again yeah which is then it's fangs of the then well the, no mop is close had the mo well wad had the rings mop had the cloaks that's true. Uh, and then Cataclysm for Fangs of the Father and and yeah. Dragonwrath. And yet, yeah, those would be yeah, that would be the last. It's been a while. Everyone gets yeah, dude. Everyone needs to stop getting legendaries, man. I'm fine with something like this being in the game, where like I just get to see my melee players have fun. So, um, but cool, yeah. We'll probably see more changes to this moving forward. I, I agree. Maybe maybe they add haste to the channel or have the channel affected by haste, and maybe it's in a little bit of better position. So. Um, well, cool. Well, I think for the last maybe 15 minutes, we can uh, we can talk a little bit about the new patch. 10.25 comes out um, next week. Um, so it'll be released on, what is that, the 16th uh, if you're in North America, 17th in Europe, 18th in the Asia uh, region, yep. right? Yep. Um, and so it comes with a, a lot more stuff. We were talking about this at the start of the podcast, but there's a lot more in this patch than even I remember. Um, and we haven't really talked a lot about it. So maybe we'll spend a you know, a couple minutes here if we have any overflow stuff we can add to next week's show. Um, but there are a couple of big things coming in. I think the biggest one right off the bat, dragon riding worldwide. Um, yes. so you can now dragon ride anywhere, which also comes with the um, with the switch too. Very similar to how like in Dragon Isles today, you can switch between dragon riding or like regular mounts. You can do the the same thing everywhere where you'll go you know, dragon yeah. ride or do this. I think there's only one... What is it? So there's a couple zones that are that do not have dragon riding, and I believe it's Silvermoon City itself, like that ghost. Yeah. What is it? Ghostland or something? It's basically so. And these are areas you can't currently actually fly. Either, uh, yeah. It's the the TBC zones that were added to Azeroth. Yeah, you cannot fly in. You also cannot dragon ride in. Um, yeah, I think. Oh man, am I imagining things? Didn't they confirm that they are fixing that in next expansion? Uh, I don't know if it was confirmed, but it's something they're looking at in terms okay. of like, okay. essentially, I think the comment was they want to make Silvermoon a part of the continent. Yes. And so like the thinking there is the idea is like it, once it's a part of the continent, then like it's gets all the same thing that the rest of. Yeah. And so like so. Uh, for those that aren't familiar on a technical level, those zones exist in Outland. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a portal you zone in. It has the out. It has the BC port like, you know, loading screen yeah. when you when you go into them. Yeah um but yeah no there so dragon riding everywhere this is fun this is awesome um it's cool too that you can you know flip between the two because there's there will be sometimes i can't wait to dragon ride in the old world but i know probably after about a month if i'm flying at all in the old world i'm just gonna go back to regular flying because typically what i do is i just afk (laughs) in a direction and like go do something and come back so well like i i do i still use like i use the flight points in uh in the dragon isles too i i will just like uh, i'm gonna go just like get on the the flight point to 
Iskara and just go AFK for five minutes and when I'm back, I'll be there. I don't, I don't pay for, I don't Uber anywhere. We call it Ubering. Like in my friend group, I I don't (laughs) Uber anywhere. I'm driving myself. Oh my gosh. I'm saving that money. Driving yourself straight into the sea is what happens. Exactly. Why? I've definitely, I think in the grand scheme of things, I've probably paid more in repair bills, uh, particularly uh-huh. in the situations where I fatigue myself and then cannot get yeah. my body back. Yeah. Uh, than if I just sort of flew normally. But, um, but yeah. yeah, dragon riding everywhere. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I didn't notice, I don't think there's dragon races coming in the old zones. Um, at least just yet. I know they had the East, what is it? The Eastern Kingdoms had their yeah, dragon Eastern riding. Yeah, Kingdoms and Kalimdor Cups. Yeah. I don't know if those are permanent or going to be event-based still, but yeah, th- yeah. we'll see. So we'll see. Um, but that comes in, which is awesome. Um, they, we also have the Azerothian Archives, um, which basically is a bunch of like lore um, events around, or public events, sorry, around um, the Trader's Rest, which is a subzone in the Azure Span. Um, so it's like Southern Azure Span, basically to the east of like the whatever renowned people are down there the walrus people i think they are right where the where the soup is yeah the, the ascara yeah um so just see so that traders rest there'll be but some the, public events there wow. that's the name of the town not the name of the people anyway yeah <laughs> i don't know i as you said terrible at the lore um yeah. but uh basically an idea there are you know more sort of we'll say open world content battle pets mounts transmogs as sort of rewards no real power here but some fun ways to explore the lore and hear stories um, of uh, of cool history. There's Maybe. actually a lot of um, story content in this patch. Yep. Like you talked about Azerothian archives, right? But there's also um, so reclaiming Gilneas. Uh, mm-hmm. This is I don't know all the details. This is like another like campaign quest, basically to go and start reclaiming Gilneas for uh the worgen or i guess the Gildans, but you know yeah. um and then there's also dragon isle epilogue content which is more story quests i still have not done any of the max level campaign quests except for the ones that are like required to unlock the new zones <laughs> unbelievable i hit i hit 20 renown last week with uh with the new whatever yeah uh, dreaming people renowned so, uh, so i mean at some point i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna just like i'm gonna sit down with i don't know just like a big old pizza and i'm gonna just play through all of the campaign quests that i have not done because like there's the initial stuff like the tier quests that i did the initial ones where you're doing unlocks and i never went back into the rest it's always like like i you get to the quest to kill the raid boss and then you're like i'm done (laughs) yeah i like the um i like the story stuff i just like if I'm sitting down to like play something, I'm not gonna lie, doing story quests in WoW is not what I'm picking to do most of the time. And it's the same thing yeah. in Final Fantasy, actually. Like I've been trying to get caught up on the raid quests there. And the only reason I'm doing it is the raid. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't help that the po- like okay, the the uh, Endwalker post patch story content not as good. Fair enough. Not as good. Uh, a little bit. A little bit worse. Um, so it's very much just like unlocking the raids. That's um, awesome. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's just not the thing I'm gonna like pick to do with my evening most of the time. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's true. I I typically do it because 
I get the rep quests and that's like the easiest way to get rep is to do the story. So like yeah. I, I basically just want to get that rep thing done every week. Um, now, yeah. I have, uh, I have not done the complete campaign quest or anything, but I have done the opening three sections of like both this and the previous batch one, like yeah. five times each for those <laughs> rep tokens. I have, I have not, I have one character in retail. That's all I care about. There's no way. <laughs> No, I have enough. I have enough. You know, I have enough other rating and things to do in Classic WoW, which I think is more important right now. Um, oh yeah. On my on my third raid character in Season Discovery, I'm so excited. That's what that's what that's what tonight is. Tonight's raid day. We do that, three that, raids tonight. This is this is by the way. <laughs> this is why the like classic rules and stuff is so complicated. Is because people like. Oh yeah, and, and in some ways, like okay. Another brief aside. This is how raiding was in like Wad and Mop. Oh yeah, and Wad and Mop did not have like trivial bosses like Classic does. Like, you know, you go and you look at Classic raids, and they're like 30, 20, 30 second long boss fights. Yeah, the Wad and Mop bosses are real boss fights, but it's still like the ability to just like, yeah, I'm going to come in on like another character and just like play it on lots of characters oh, is yeah. completely different from retail and that's also like it's very interesting seeing that like even in season of discovery we're like all the stuff that we have now like yeah. you know repeatable content and gear upgrades and and all this stuff like mythic plus doesn't exist and yet people raid black fathom deeps quite literally 20 times a week Oh yeah, because yeah. again, remember that's a three-day lockout. Yeah, so, so you, you can you, do. Oh, do you do it three times a week? If you, I, don't know, I guess twice a week is the most. Twi- twice a week, a little, little over twice a week. Yeah, three-day rolling lockout. You can do it. What is that oh, like? So, so awesome. Yeah. We'll do. We did. We'll do one tonight, and then we'll do one tomorrow night because it resets tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's a uh, classics fun. Um, but cool. Maybe one, a couple more things before we before we end this. Um. Coming in ten two five, we can get out of the sorry, this get out of classic mindset. Um, follower dungeons are coming in ten two five, which I had forgotten all about these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically what this does is allows you as a solo player potentially, or you and maybe a friend instead of you know um, multiple friends can zone into any of the eight normal dragonflight dungeons. So this isn't uh, like a mythic plus or even mythic level content thing, but allows yeah. you to zone into those dungeons. Uh, as a solo player with you know one two other friends uh, and the additional players uh, in your group will be essentially controlled by the game or bots or whatever uh, yeah. it can fill any number of roles for you so um so yeah it's fun it's a good i think experience for people who may get nervous or may you know well might be their fir- there might be their first time playing well and and might feel a little uncomfortable in any sort of group content can go in and sort of do it by yourself essentially do it with somebody you you know you're really close to um and don't have to have the scrutiny of like playing essentially a multiplayer game with people who might not be nice to you yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing. Um, so yeah, so that is sort of the follower dungeons are coming in. I might actually check these out just to see how smart these little bot yeah. things are. Um, yeah, see how the AI uh, is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I might actually do it because so I'm leveling a priest and it's like level 63 or 64 now. And okay. so it's like the right level to be doing follower dungeons. Now it's a priest, so I have near instant queue times anyway for for multiplayer dungeons. Right, right, right. But um 
I'm at the point where I could actually try it on a character that it is like level appropriate and everything. Oh, I have a hunter, I think, around there. Maybe I'll do a hunter and test out the waters. Uh Um, But no, yeah, Fallout Dungeons, really cool, like new again, kind of solo, small, smaller group content than five bands um, coming into the game here, Um, which I assume they'll they'll extend into what is it? War Within coming up here. Yeah. and then yeah, then I I guess the final thing, if you're a troll or a drain eye, there are new customizations coming in with sort of hair colors and other things that don't matter because those two races are awful to play as. Um so no, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> there's also uh you might remember when they did the Warlock pet revamp, um Warlocks lost one of their customizations for the observer. Um Okay. You yep. could no longer switch the model to I don't know the technical name of the demon. You could switch it to a different model of demon right, from yeah. from the the basic one. Um that is coming back this patch with uh continued additions to the warlock demon customizations in 10.2.5. So there's a bunch of new ones uh and it's also just like rolled into the same interface for customizing your your warlock demon so you just go to the barber shop and you can just do it. Right? Oh, very cool. So um, cool. Well, actually, uh, that's as far as I know. I don't actually know if they've done things like you must have this achievement or whatever. Kind of like Dragon Ready, like you must have this or that to uh, yeah. to to use this customization. But you know, we'll see. Nice. Um, that's yeah. a that's a packed patch for a for a dot five patch. I feel like yeah. Like you remember, like I mean, we were talking about WAD a little bit and like WAD yeah. rating and everything. You remember the Twitter patch? Oh, I do. The yeah. selfie patch. Yeah, like that self- patch, it was like Twitter integration and selfie cam. That was it. That was the only two things in it. Plus, like minor, like there, were, I think there was still half like class change or whatever, like they always do. Yeah. But like, yeah, there was literally like they put in the selfie camera as that was the patch feature, and you're just like, and it it was a it was a it wasn't like a dot seven right like it wasn't like yeah. sort of an off content patch it was yeah one of their main content patches just that no I mean like I think we've we've talked about this a couple of times even when we talked about the roadmap. Um, you know, last week, and then I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about sort of. I think Holly gave an interview about like the size of the Warcraft team and like, you know, all the content that they're pushing. No, I think it's, it's if you like World of Warcraft, this is you know this is the best time to play this game, right? Like there is there is something for everyone, and like I've talked a lot about me me personally playing classic because I'll I'll be honest with you, like retail to me is, I am I'm invested in retail only enough to get through the through the raid. Like yeah. I don't care anything else about retail. And I'm to be fair, if I didn't play with people, like I didn't play with the guild I'm in, if I joined a new guild at the start of this tier, I probably would not be playing right now. But there's a a level of like, you know, these guys have a little bit of like want to see it through type thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I think to me, like season of discovery is awesome for me because it's um all of my friends, like I'll say my friends that I've known for years have come back to play. Like we have yeah. we will literally have 10 people playing World of Warcraft in 2023 which is like the last time i had all 10 like 10 of my friends playing was probably like 2008 right like yeah <laughs> like you like you know 15 so, years ago so like my uncle is the one that got me into wow and he mm-hmm. he played back in classic and everything um and he's actually like playing wow for uh oh, like awesome. beyond so he's come like he came back and we played legion for a little bit but then like he and and like the other people in his circle of friends stopped playing within a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and 
that's actually the whole genesis of how I ended up raiding is I ended up doing Mythic Plus solo yeah. and then getting into raids through that. Anyway, but like same deal on like Shadowlands and and to a degree Dragonflight. Um, although he did stick with Dragonflight longer after coming back to that. Uh, but Season of Discovery has been like... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he, he's been having a grand old time with that. And, you know, it is great. Like whatever... Like I definitely prefer most elements of retail i absolutely prefer the leveling in classic like if i'm going to go level i'm leveling a priest because i want to play it in raid and dungeons Mm -hmm. i'm actually kind of like i seriously considered for the first time just like paying someone to boost my priest (laughs) like you know people are in the services chat and they're just like you know we can get you from 60 to 70 in an hour and i was like seriously tempted to just like give them however much gold and uh and just go afk for an hour and come back and be level 70 that's so funny no yeah it's uh it's i mean like there's tons of it's just content for everything which i think is is awesome yeah and it's 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 fun to to like play with buds and and yeah i mean if you want and wow experience i think there's like at this point there's an experience for everything because i think wrath still has like Wrath Classic still has a place, and it's still like, yeah, you know the the current classic sort of lin- like you know linear thing. I'll be interested to see. We always talk about, and maybe we, I know we're over here, but one final point is like I'll be interested to see what happens after Cataclysm, right? Because I think Cataclysm is going to be the litmus test for like, do people want yeah classic versions of WoW, or do they just want the first three expansions, right? To, like, yeah, it's also going to be an interesting one, classic. So ICC, so there's kind of this ramp up in the difficulty and complexity of raid fights, right? Mm-hmm. Where and corresponding drop in accessibility of raid fights. Where right. like classic raids super accessible, they're extremely easy. It's more about can you get to a high enough level to right. be able to actually do them, um, and put in like enough time to, to to reach that spot, and then you can go and do it, and you can be successful at that. And it's just about time. Yeah. And then over time, the difficulty ramps up. Ulduar is harder noticeably than prior content. ICC is harder than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kata, it again, starts ramping up the difficulty. Like infamously, the Kata heroics were a lot harder than ICC uh, level kind of heroics. But um, the raids, like the difficulty of those continues to ramp up throughout Cataclysm and Mop and Wad. And um, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with that like do they tone down the difficulty do they keep like the normal heroic split do they like what do yeah. they do i know it'll be yeah and i think the other thing too you talk about just raid difficulty but also the world becomes less deadly like i think cataclysm yes. is also cataclysm where it becomes, is where they neuter it yeah yeah it's where it's where it becomes the whole get all the quests in a town run around for you know an hour and then go back to town and turn everything in right and then go to the next quest hub and like it's a much more directed experience um versus like i guess i guess to be fair wrath is like fairly directed and it's it's actually okay i have so many thoughts on this and i'm not <laughs> going to get into all of it the hub based stuff is primarily tbc and wrath uh in cataclysm it's primarily you do have a hub but it's like two quests at a time it's like breadcrumbs you do like a couple quests and a couple quests and a couple quests and they're always in the same area they're always together there's no thought like you don't have to think about oh i'm gonna go 
like it's fastest if I go here, then here, then here, then here, then here. It's like there's two quests, they're right next to you. They both go together and you do them at the same time. And there's no point to thinking about it because that's just how it's designed. Gotcha. It's like design cataclysm quest design is frictionless. There is never any friction on the player that like forces you to stop and think. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. boring as hell. That's fair. It's yeah. it's cool the first time you do it. Boring as hell. And it's just like, there's, yeah, all right. I'm not going to get into it. I have a lot of thoughts about it. Cataclysm quest design did not hold up. Did fair. not hold up. Fair enough, fair. But yeah, no, well, I, I, I would, just to wrap up this thought, or my thoughts here, I'll be interested to see yeah, what they do because I think, in my mind, how the community reacts to Cataclysm will be, will be interesting. And particularly like the rating community, right? Like what is their yeah. appetite for the difficulty increase, right? Because like, I mean, just you just think to like the end boss is like Spine of Deathwing and like yeah. the amount of coordination that fight needed on Heroic versus like Heroic Lich King is like you're not playing the same game, right? It's, it's an yeah. entirely different experience, right? So yeah, um, so yeah um, well, we'll see. It'll be, yeah. it'll be fun. It'll be fun this uh, summer. One last very brief note and then, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. More or less completely off topic from that. I've been, like I said, leveling that priest, doing a lot of dungeons. Mm-hmm. Ping system, great. Yeah. Just like go, you get into a, a Legion dungeon, tank clearly doesn't know what they're, like they haven't done it before, they don't know where they're going. You can ping. It's very like easy. It's, oh, yeah. it's just like you kind of, you can tell when people are like stopping and kind of looking around trying to figure out where they go. Yeah. And you can just drop a ping and just go. And it's, there's no like, you don't have to sit there and chat and like try and explain like, oh yeah, you need to go around this corner and then we go there. Yeah, you know, exactly. You you can ping you can ping specific things like Eye of Ajara. You have to kill the um, caster mobs before mm-hmm. the second boss unlocks, and so you can ping the specific mobs that need killing. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I guess it would make sense. Yeah, it makes yeah communication so much easier. So like I had never really thought about it for these, but it's actually really nice. Uh, to be able to to ping stuff in those leveling dungeons and be like, okay, we're, we're going to go here, then we go here, and then, you know, you don't have to ping. Sometimes the tank just knows where to go, and you just go. Uh, yeah. And and sometimes they don't, and you can, like, help them along and, you know, hopefully not be too annoying with the pings. That is awesome. Yeah, that's like, yeah. I mean, probably probably some of the main uses Blizzard thought of for that ability, right? Like, we always think of it from, like, a raid perspective. But, yeah, no, right. definitely much, yeah, just as useful in those lower-level content things, too, so. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think that is going to bring us to the end of the episode for today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the work that we do over at the peak of serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash peak of serenity. I don't know why I enunciated it that way. <laughs> but of course, come and join the Discord. And um you know, it is the best place to show up and bully Anomaly. It's rude. It's very, very rude. I'm um, just going to log out. Done. Done with Discord. Ah. <laughs> but you see, Discord is like the Roach Motel. That's true. You can log out, but you can never leave. That is true. That is true. Somebody <laughs> will pay me something stupid not to come in. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>